Joining us in our studios now is Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Martin. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, you're welcome. We've got I'm looking forward to all the tulips and the daffodils. <laughs> and I noticed you put some plants outside along the sidewalk. Yeah, or somebody, somebody did. Somebody did. Yeah, you can take you can take credit for that, Jeff. I mean, it's looking good. Yeah, that was, that's not going to fly very far. That was not me. But pretty soon, I'm sure the planters and stuff are going to be out. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. So. Yeah, that's great. Council meeting last night. So we've talked in the last couple of days about this reverse referendum that has been passed around town. Uh, it was turned in, what, I guess Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, not discussed last night uh, on the council meeting. Where's that at? Where does that sit right now? Uh, we, our city clerk did receive a petition related to uh, the street project being proposed um, with uh, signatures. And so the state statute process allows uh, up to 10 uh, days uh, to do a review of the petition. There are very specific statutory requirements that are pretty simple and laid out under state law and what you have to follow in order to meet that petition. Um, did an initial review internally in the clerk's office along with our bond counsel, legal counsel, and our city attorney's office to take an initial review. And uh, we did send correspondence out yesterday afternoon uh, to the uh, uh, those who filed the petition and left, left their information that there were some deficiencies with the forms that they used and so we gave them what had to be completed there's still a couple more days left within the time period in order to do the petition um, so we're basically going to wait and see what happens in the next couple days and uh, play it from there so um, we have a review period that they have to, to follow up on that so if we don't get any additional documentation we'll take a look at it and evaluate that or if we do we'll continue to look at the information as it comes in there is uh once again a the city's about ready to take some action and needs to take some action on the, the city uh the body here pretty soon is that uh what's the timing like with all that is that uh, gonna affect timing or uh can that be done at any time yeah, I would say those are all uh, things that we're taking into consideration. So right now we have scheduled on the agenda tentatively to award the bids at the first meeting in June. Um, we have uh, we did receive multiple bids, and it's under the engineer's estimates. I don't have the dollar figures or facts with me, but it is scheduled. But we're certainly tracking the reverse referendum, and we're going to follow the state law that if it does initiate a uh, petition process is verified, uh, that it's a legitimate uh, petition received, then we'll deal with that and be talking to the city council in an upcoming meeting on some of the options that they'll have uh, related to the project. Okay, sounds like we'll have uh, more on that at some point in the not-distant future. Uh, you did have a, a busy council meeting last night, a lot of items on the agenda. Uh, there are, uh, where do we start at? I guess you know, the first item is uh, Post Holdings evidently wants some uh, crossing improvements on Highway 19. Uh, what, what are those improvements? What do they want? Yeah, so uh, Post Holdings is looking for some improvements related to their safety crossings along Highway 19. So there's the flashers that happened at their cross pedestrian crosswalks, and they've had some issues with employee safety as a concern. And so they have been, they hired an analyst to come in and take a look at some options related to the improvements, what they could maybe do to improve the situation. So they're proposing to move from this like constant uh, flashing uh, crossing to a rapid uh, flashing uh, beacon system, similar to what we have on Highway 3. So the location also, the Oddfellow Crossing, will also be moving about 100 feet, and the Orchard Crossing will remain in its current location. So they, I think the um, 
these improvements will will improve the uh, safety. The city's been supportive. The council took action to support that position, and MnDOT's been involved as well. So, you know, sometimes I guess by being constantly flashing, they've had some studies to suggest that that's not as effective. That is versus activating it while there's somebody there it draws more attention, and they see more compliance with the um, with the yielding to people in the crosswalk. So a reminder to people out there. Uh, you know, whether it's somebody who's entering a crosswalk or in one of these locations where there's a flashing going on, it's the it's the law to stop. It's not the law just to slow down. You are legally required to stop at those. So we do encourage people to please um, drive safe and honor the um, pedestrian crossings as well. But the city council did approve that uh, last evening as a recommendation to go to MnDOT. You had quite a bit of discussion last night, and Rich and I were talking about the flood study, uh, which is a timely topic. You know, we didn't really, we got a little bit of flooding this time, not nothing too terribly uh, major, but it's a reminder that that could happen just at any time. Uh, there was a study done. Tell us about the uh, results of that. This is really technical stuff. <laughs> Can I just say that? Yeah. I'm just like, Bob, where do you start? There were some rec- uh, recommendations made, yeah. I guess. So, we got to start with that. So I'll even go further back than that. So we had um, just shortly into, after I started on the council, we had a major flood in 2010. And the thought was it would never happen again, right? And then we had another one in 2016, you know, and then we had uh, down in the southern portion of our city, down by Ford Street, there was some flooding down there. We blew out railroad tracks and some culverts along Armstrong Road and in Dundas. So we have certainly had some major events within the city and uh, some really much more cognizant of the damage that a flood can do in our downtown corridor with our businesses that reside along the river. It's really important to ensure that we're um, taking that into account and being responsible stewards of our community to ensure that we have the necessary analysis that's being done so we can make improvements or recommended improvements guided by data so that we can ensure that our community remains safe. And uh, we have uh, bridges along this whole corridor that are really major connectors from the east and the west side of our city. And so this is kind of this phase two analysis, I believe is what we were on. There's a phase one, phase two, and a phase three. Uh, and so just really appreciate the um, the level of work that's gone into this. We've had lots of business owners asking us to make some improvements because the the ramifications of not doing anything really aren't good for our community. And so just really appreciate that we're making progress here. Let's talk about the recommendations. What were the recommendations that they made? Uh, well, uh, the some of the improvements that they su- suggest is on the uh, – we, we're kind of looking at a core area of the kind of the intersection of the city near near kind of the downtown area so on the west side of the river basically uh, raising and extending the wall at froggies to second street bridge um, would be one thing the uh, bridge square uh, dry flood proofing of the carlson capital management building so on that side because the building's kind of the secondary, there is no secondary wall to the river wall there. It's basically Carlson Capital Management. They're recommending where you basically can do some things to the walls um, and interiors to, and then temporarily put a barrier up when there's flooding to protect the building. Uh, there's a lot of engineering involved in that, though, because of the pressure that could come up to the building if the water comes up. So that's an area that's kind of under review. At Carlton, there's a few different things. The uh, 
the stadium looking at putting up a permanent uh, flood wall that could then have gates put in that would still then allow their building to have emergency accesses included in it. Uh, the West Gym having a closure and then the Carlson practice field kind of down by the parking lot area, potentially building a large berm to be able to protect some of those facilities. But all of the cost of those would be somewhere that the benefit to it based on impacts to business or operations is estimated to be about uh, just under 13 million. And then the cost range is somewhere between four and seven million. And so that's important to do kind of a cost-benefit ratio because it would potentially open up eligibility to federal funds to get assistance to do some of these improvements. And so there could be other ways. There could be city participation. There could be private participation. That's really the next phase that will be coming back to the council. But back to the mayor's point, too, I would say really what we're looking at is FEMA, the federal management system does flood mapping but they're quite outdated so they do what's called like a hundred year flood predictive model and then a 500 year and then there's insurance rates that are based on that but we know that we're seeing that not follow those i mean a hundred years not it's happening a lot more than a hundred years everywhere so like from our climate action plan and resiliency this is a really important study and frankly the map that we saw on the different scenarios of depend like what we've seen in, in water flow in the area and overflow and then what could happen if the predictive modeling that bar engineering did with what they're projecting climate change could impact it's pretty eye-opening and i would say this is going to be a really important document we're going to be using this to do planning not only to try and protect you know our the, the community and make things usable but some of those predictive models show you know flood levels being able to potentially reach at these unusually high rates even crossing and closing potentially highway three on some of these situations or the threat of closing where you might need to do temporary measures so i would say this is a really important study it might not draw a lot of attention like the mayor said it's really technical but i'm really glad that the mayor uh, the mayor and the council initiated this flood study to be done because we should be proactive and if we're looking at doing a lot of investments on the riverfront we really want to be doing things smart and planning with it. So um, anyway, sorry to go a little bit long on that, Jeff, but yeah. just wanted to emphasize that. Well, that's uh, an important thing. You, you talked about phase one. Have we any idea when phase one, is that on the books right now to start with the start date or is that something you're going to be considering and, uh, and we'll uh, uh, act upon at some point in the future. So the, so the next steps uh, that we kind of asked that too, you know, is really much more a report of on the findings last night. So the next step is for the council to accept or approve uh, the report. And then there will be some analysis on where are the funding, what are the funding mechanisms in order for us to get some of these improvements done uh, that are really laid out in the report there. So that's kind of the next steps for us. So when it will happen, I don't know. Hopefully, Jeff, before the next flood. Can I just say that? Um, because I just as soon have it taken care of that our community could be safe okay. and you have to take care of the water. Okay. You've got six days. <laughs> you don't know anything about flooding, do you, Jeff? Yeah, As your back door is to the, the river. Wall. Build yeah. the wall. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, you're working on the uh, 2024 um, reconstruction areas for the road reconstruction uh, and Water Street and uh, what's the other? One? Is it uh, College? College. And water and. Yeah, College and Water Street. There we go. I found my place. Yeah. College and Water Street. What are the? Uh, what's that going to look like next year? So good question. 
I would just say that some, from a standpoint, these are some of the worst roads. Um, they're in pretty tough shape, and we've been waiting a while. I think we've been asking for the full reconstruction of these segments uh, within our community for some time. There's no, um, there's no curbs. Uh, there, there's full of potholes, and so there's no sidewalks oftentimes. So people are trying to navigate through almost like a land landmine field. I was driving it yesterday. It's pretty bad. So yes, updates, full reconstruction. Yes, full reconstruction. Then, mm-hmm. okay. yes, yep. For there's a couple different areas there that are going to be fully reconstructed, and uh, they're in uh, great need. And there might, it's um, my understanding, there's some lead piping in there as well, and so um, much needed updates as well as looking at our safe routes to school plan. And ensuring that when we're doing our projects, that we are also bringing forward any recommended improvements that coincide with our Safe Routes to School plan. And both of these projects, one is right on the back door of our high school, and the other one is really near Spring Creek Elementary. So there are definitely some improvements that are uh, that will be coming forward in regards to that, as well as our pedestrian bike and trail system plan. So. Mm-hmm. That is the most cost-effective way for us to bring forward the whole system of how people get around our community is when we're doing the road construction projects. And you mentioned the lead pipes. Uh, there's, uh, you see, the uh, legislature has uh, is going to spend a lot of money on lead pipes or the removal thereof. So maybe we can get yeah. some of that funding while we're in there. We'll try if it's available for our budget. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, we don't have a whole lot of lead pipes around. Uh, let's move on to. Uh, let me see. We. You also had the feasibility report for Jefferson Parkway uh, and some of the Milltown Trail uh, projects. Any comments, any thoughts on that as well? That's uh, what's going ordering a, a feasibility report. Yeah, it goes to uh, uh, 246. One of the things that was asked about it and potentially extending it further, doing some other improvements, including going east. But one of the issues that uh, Sean Simonson talked about in our engineering department was uh, that we need to do some upgrades on our water main in that area to lead to the new water plant as well and so timing wise they're kind of breaking it out but I'd say on this one we're going to be looking at adding and as we go along and we're doing a street project if the the Milltown State Trail goes along there kind of like the underpass we we labeled it as the underpass under 246 and Jeff Parkway um and in this case, too, this section is along the area where mill towns would be, and we're looking at the state. Uh, we're looking at building that trail section to the state specifications with the project, so it'd be a shared um, uh, trail that would have bikes and pedestrians at a minimum of ten feet along there, as an improvement. Uh, certainly, we have surface uh, improvements that are necessary in the section too. The other one that we had a previous report last year on that I think is going to be new that will be coming back with the feasibility report is the mini roundabout at the intersection of Jefferson Road and Jeff Parkway. Um, so basically, it's kind of like a traffic circle type of a situation, and we know traffic gets backed up there quite a bit. And so um, there was a full presentation of that last year that we did reference, but we didn't really go into detail on that again last night. But that'll mm-hmm. be something we'll be educating people on, and I'm sure will be a focus of the feasibility report Mm -hmm. and so i'm sorry ben i'm not sure if you mentioned this too but the the crossings there's several intersections on uh jefferson parkway between highway three and woodley no highway three and division that we're really looking at to see if uh, for safe crossing we have heavy users are 
along Jefferson Parkway and just ensuring that the roadway is easy for people to get across will be an important consideration as we move forward. The other thing that I wanted to just mention, so this is that really first, and our staff have already been working on the road construction projects for next year. So this is that first step for the council to authorize that feasibility study. So really two key um, road construction projects that really need to get done. So last night was the council's opportunity, our first opportunity to give feedback, input, uh, what are the areas of concern, um, anything that's not wasn't recommended as part of the staff report to bring those issues up so that they can get studied so the council has a good quality information so that when it comes back to us, we can have those conversations on how to move forward with the, the construction projects for next year. Very preliminary, uh, but it's a really important step in the process. And I think a lot of people don't know or understand how early that we are really looking at the, the construction projects uh, for the next year. It's a pretty significant process. All right. We're about out of time. Anything else you'd like to mention? Anything else from last night's council meeting uh, while we have you in? So I know that uh, we uh, recognize some outgoing seniors on our boards and commissions. So congratulations again to all of those. Yeah, we school have... year is just about over. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there are, uh, we talked last night, there are about 95 or 96 uh, youth serving on boards and commissions throughout the city. So just a major undertaking. And it's just a, a privilege to have all of our youth engaged in that way learning alongside us, helping us to form and shape our community for the future. And so the other thing that I would just uh, want to highlight here is I believe we have more than a market, bigger than a block party, I think is happening this Thursday, May 18th. It's the first third Thursday of the summer. So a collaboration between Riverwalk Market Fair and the Friends of Downtown Northfield. So I encourage people to come check it out be some good music. I think Loon Liquors is going to be down there. Somebody said something about a juggler, I think, hmm. or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's, It's going to be fun. And so just encourage people uh, to come on out. Uh, I think it's every third Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. They'll be co-hosting an all-ages event downtown. So come on out. A lot of fun. Check yeah. it out. Uh, this is that vibrancy and fun nature of our downtown area. So... Anyway. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we have a little bit of rain, but bring an umbrella. It's just going to be a little yeah. light stuff. And you get to see uh, Ben, you know, dust off those juggling <laughs> pins and uh, maybe you can get uh, maybe get those going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll try juggling. I don't think I'll be dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no chainsaws. You do enough of that at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming in. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Marnick. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield.